Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rossi, stuck into the rim! inside for Andre and a dynamite dunk. Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all back here in the home base, ready for this week's episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. And well, there's another Johnson coming to the Pistons Nation. ISO Joe. Joe Johnson is officially signed with the Detroit Pistons. And my goodness, I'm telling you, the four-point shot to win the big three has sparked an NBA return for ISO Joe. Boys, I want to know, how does that news make you feel? And other than that, how are we doing? Everybody all right? Uh, Look, I'm... I'm happy with the Joe Johnson signing. I'll say that before we just go into the whole Joe Johnson topic itself. But I'm happy to be here. Like I said uh, last week, hate not being in the presence of one another for the podcast. So it's good to be back in the studio with both of you for this glorious, glorious edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Yeah, I'm doing well too, boys. Glad to be here. Uh, You know, some big news for the Pistons today. So it just adds some fun to the pod. So I'm happy. I'm excited to get it going. ISO Joe. Not a lot of teams making signings teams. in September. Third Johnson but... to the Johnson brothers. Yeah. Oh my so. gosh! Sorry, Alex. For Sorry, those... Al. <laughs> For those that don't know, Aaron and I, brother Alex. But Alex, he's uh, I mean, Pistons fan, but I think he's a little more of a Red Wings guy, thinking of Detroit sports. Uh, so maybe we got to hook him up with the Wings podcast sometime. But for the purposes of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Another Johnson to the Pistons mix. And, uh, you know, so let's get into it, right? First of all, Detroit waves Michael Beasley. And I got to tell you, I think I saw, uh, I saw a hilarious tweet earlier. And it was like, you know, the only proof that Michael Beasley was a member of the Pistons. And it was like a little clip of the video that we had on Palace of Pistons Twitter page. And I say Kudumbuya is making fun of some guys about Team USA um, losing and getting knocked out. And Michael Beasley flips off the camera. That was his two seconds of claim that he was part of an NBA organization. And after that, uh, it just, you flip off the camera, it prompted an ISO Joe signing and a Michael Beasley release. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. Can I just stop you right there, real quick? Is your phone background ISO Joe in a Pistons red alternate? <laughs> it might is be. Is that what the background oh on your phone? Oh my was? god! Is that what I it's, just saw? It's so it's the it's old a school. It's a yes. throwback alternate. Yeah, it, it was made. It was made by I think his username is Goat underscore Griffin. Uh, it's just a sick picture. I, I I made it that like last week. Wow! When I saw it. Someone's excited about Joe Johnson. Look, you, you know... Someone's ready for an MVP season for yeah, Joe Johnson. Hey, hey. Aaron, unlock your phone we're so gonna, I can take a picture of this for the people. We're going to win a ship. I just want to take a picture we're, of this Unlocking it's not going to do anything. Okay, so uh, never mind. Then relock your phone. Look at that. I'm in the background there. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, Here, let's get a little picture of Joe Johnson. Fo- folks, this will be out on Twitter very soon. Get out of here. Um, 
I hold on. Let's get, can we get one more? So can, we get, can we get one more? Let me just make sure I get a nice, clear picture of this, so that way I I, I could just show the Pistons fans. Aaron Johnson is all in <laughs> all on ISO Joe. Is that going to be in Twitter bio? All in on ISO Joe? I'm just. You could put like Zaza in one of those throwback uniforms, and I might like it enough to just. Even though I don't like Zaza, that might be enough to make me put it as my phone background. A good edit, a good graphics, a good graphic. Joe man. Johnson wasn't even a piston yet, and Aaron had it on his background. Wasn't even signed yet. That is true. We know this is true. Aaron, please tell us when Aaron. you. Uh, I told you I did it move. like last last week, probably around like last. I think I did it right after the podcast on Friday, last Friday. My goodness. So, I've had so, it for about a week. I mean, it's a it's a great picture. Anyway, that, I mean that just threw me off real bad. Just a huge Joe Johnson stand over here. Right. But uh, you were making a point about Joe Johnson being on the team. Yeah, so I I, I do like the signing. Um, I, I, I think that for the 15th man on the roster, you know, people got are getting all up in arms on losing Michael Beasley like the Pistons just lost some big-name player. And I kind of want to start off my pro-Johnson um, – campaign by saying that by holding on to Michael Beasley who's now a power forward and really that's his only position he's capable of playing at this stage in his career you are the Pistons would be really eliminating the opportunity for Sekou Dumboya to get any minutes in his rookie season at least at the power forward spot because you have Blake Griffin and you have Markeith Morris whatever Thon Maker does even though all signs point to him being the backup center right now, whether you like that option or not. And then you have Beasley and then Seku. So, you, so you're, Seku's the fourth string power forward with Michael Beasley on the roster. And we know the competition at the three spot, even before Joe Johnston was going to be pretty strict with uh, Tony Snell, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas, Langston Galloway, Svima Luke. All, all those guys being able to spend minutes at small forward, we just we already knew it was going to be tough for Seku to get minutes at the three spot. So the four spot, you know, whether it was an injury or whether it was a matchup, Seku's best chance to get minutes seems like it was going to come from the power forward spot. And having Michael Beasley, who would just be a power forward, pushes Seku one more name back on the depth chart. So it just didn't make a whole lot of sense from that standpoint, and and that's what I, I, I tweeted on on Thursday. You know, it was about why do you want to hold on to Michael Beasley? The same people that want to hold on to Michael Beasley also want Sekou Numboya to get some minutes in his rookie season, and that's going to just be, be a lot harder to do rather than with Joe Johnson, who just gives the Pistons a, a different look at the three spot, and he's probably never not going to play many minutes, but he's just a, a better veteran to have in the locker room. You know, I think that's another great point to make in this. Joe Johnson is going to be a better veteran. He's going to make a greater impact inside the locker room than Michael Beasley would. You know, who do you want? Who do you want as your as, as Sekou's developer? You know, who do you want as Sekou's veteran? Same goes for Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas. Who would you want those guys learning the, the game, learning the NBA lifestyle from? Would you rather have it be Michael Beasley or Joe Johnson? 
I think a lot of people, most people, would say Joe Johnson. So, uh, and, 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 and to be honest, I, I think Johnson's going to give you just as much on the court as Beasley would. If Beasley did not have a good season with the Lakers last year. Um, he, he's not, he has not been a, a consistent, valuable NBA contributor over how, how, how long at this point. And yes, Johnson was out of the league, but... Johnson can do things that the Pistons need, primarily shooting and bringing another scoring threat. And maybe he's not going to do that on a nightly basis, but just having that variety to where he gets in here and there and then having his his himself in the locker room, that is going to make an actual difference. How many game winners will Joe Johnson hit this year? I'm going to put Jesus. the line at one and a half. Are we taking the over or the under on Joe Johnson? One and a half game winners this season. I am taking the under because I am sane. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, Aaron. I'll take the <laughs> under on that as well. Okay, Joe, like, Joe Johnson's on, 38. Fun, Joe Johnson's 38. I, I like yeah, Joe Johnson. Aaron. I think he provides some value. But, the, you know, the... The same people that are talking about Michael Beasley being like, you know, it was a terrible decision by the Pistons. There's also that other side that's talking about Joe Johnson saying he can come in and drop 15 to 20 a night. And that's not the case either, ladies and gentlemen. That's just not going to happen. Joe Johnson's a spot-minute guy. Um, you know, maybe he competes for that backup three spot, but he's not contributing big-time buckets and, and in big-time minutes. So if I ask the question, does Joe Johnson hit one game winner this year, your answer is no? No, I, I think he could hit one, I mean, but I'm not taking so you're not over taking on a, one and a half. Okay, I'm so not you're saying he can't hit. make two, but he could make one. Yeah, I mean, anyone can I, make a game winner. That I mean, no, that's fair because he's not going to see big minutes. I mean, you're right. There are people I see on Twitter talking about Joe. Yeah, I mean, he's going to put up 10, 15. He could put up 20 a night. He's going to play those 15, 20 minutes. He's that's not going talk. to. He's going to very much play spot minutes. He's very much there to help learn or help teach, excuse me, guys like Kyrie and Luke and Bruce how to carry themselves, how to conduct themselves, how to learn the game and play the game properly. Joe's going to teach them all about the mechanics of the one-on-one game, which he's so good at. And if nothing else, I know Brendan loves it because Brendan loves locker room guys. If Brendan could have a roster of 15 locker room guys, (laughs) he would have a roster of 15 locker room guys. And that's what Joe Johnson's going to be is a locker room guy. So as soon as this came through, I immediately thought of Brendan. I was like, there's his leader. There's his guy. I know Brendan loves this strictly for that. Brendan loves talking about leadership. Who's the leader of the Pistons? I think Brendan asked that like 25 times throughout the season last year. If you're going to compete, you got to have a leader. I love having a good locker room guy. Thank you, Ryan, for for understanding for me. The second I saw this came through, I I was late on this. At work, I had no ability to look at my phone. Uh, Joe Johnson, like the news came through at like what, 11 30, 12 o'clock or something. I didn't know this till like 1 30. So when I looked at my phone, I was like, oh, I know Brendan's juiced right now. Yeah, I, I mean, juiced is a strong take. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with it though. I'm happy about it. Like, no, you were juiced. You know the kind of players you like. <laughs> Listen, Did, I, I like having a good leader in the locker room. I think it's important. I, I think that. You have, especially for a guy like Sekou to have another wing in the locker room that will be able to teach him and mentor him 
and just provide that insight. And he's been there and he's done that. And I mean, I'm talking the NBA. I'm talking the big three. I mean, honestly, he's done it all. <laughs> and, no, I do. I do think but, Joe Johnson's going to be a value a guy to do. That. I think he's like, a value. How big like, of a value? I don't know, but he's, he's a value. Gonna, he's definitely going to want to play, and he's definitely going to put his best foot forward to play. If you saw his uh, quotes about how he's upset, how it ended in Houston for him, and how he couldn't even get in a playoff game, and that just really left a bad taste in his mouth. So he's really going to put himself out there to play. But I think. The kind of guy Joe Johnson is, he is going to take the time to help develop the young guys as well. I don't think he'll be selfish or cold-shouldered. Like, some some people can be. That's just how professional sports are. That's not just in basketball. That's in everything. Some guys just don't want to help develop the young guys. But I think you'll get that from Joe Johnson this year. So I think we're all on the same page of, of Joe Johnson providing more value than Michael Beasley. But what are our thoughts on Christian Wood? Because Wood's currently on a non-guaranteed deal. And, that you know, he was a guy that... Was initially, it seemed like he was going to be the 15th guy in the roster. Then the Pistons signed Beasley. Now they signed Johnson. It, it just doesn't seem like Wood it, it has that spot locked up. And it seems like now he's on the outside looking in. Because just the the hype around this Johnson signing and, and the talk you're seeing of how, you know, it almost made it sound like the Pistons were trying to convince Johnson to come to Detroit. You know, it doesn't sound like that he's going to really have to fight for a roster spot in that sense. Maybe he will, but maybe he also has a very large gap in the uh, training camp battle, I guess, if you want to call it that. Joe is a respected and proven borderline Hall of Famer. He wouldn't have signed with the Pistons, even though his, uh, his contract's partially guaranteed. He wouldn't have signed here if he didn't have a guaranteed roster spot. So let's just, he would have gone somewhere else and just gotten the roster spot so he could play. Not that he doesn't want to work for it, or not that he's a hard, not a hard worker, but he deserves that respect to be like, yes, the roster spot's yours. In terms of, sorry, Brian, I'm going to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. More to my point here is, in terms of Christian Wood, there was a lot of panic on Twitter about him. And don't, you know, you're just throwing him away. What is this all about? All this. Yes, his spot's not guaranteed right now, so he is the odd man. Look, uh, he's the odd man out right now. But if anything, I feel like this is more of an indictment on either Langston Galloway or Kyrie Thomas. I think those two are two of the guys who have to really be worried about their roster spot. I feel like I don't. I don't have any information, but I feel like to me, this signing is a precursor to more than likely a Langston Galloway trade. Not saying it's going to be feasible, because if it's not feasible, then Christian Wood's out on the curb. And that's just a fact. And that's how it is. But I think the Pistons front office is taking their chance of being able to deal Langston Galloway, and if they're not able to deal him, they'll shop Kyrie Thomas and see what they can get. Yeah, you know, I I do hope there's some validity to that. I, I do hope that's the actual case, because, you know, I've talked about how much of a fan I am of Christian Wood, and... Uh, you know, going back to another thing that I tweeted earlier, from a standpoint of what the Pistons need, Christian Wood should be ranked above both Joe Johnson and Michael Beasley. But it, it just never seems like Detroit was concrete on, on on letting Wood have that opportunity to really make the roster. They've all, you know, they've been looking for veterans for different guys to bring in. So they first started with Michael Beasley. Now they bring in Joe Johnson. It just didn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like they really they're prioritizing wood so if they are shopping galloway 
if they're willing to part with Kyrie Thomas so they can hold on to Wood, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with the idea because I think they need a, another big on the roster. And Christian Wood, I, I really think, can can produce at the NBA level. We saw it at the end of last season, and he's shown it in glimpses. He's been so dominant in the G League. That is an NBA player that has just needed an opportunity. And last year, over those final games of the season, he got that opportunity, and he succeeded, and he stood out while doing so. Here's the thing. When I saw this signing, and Ryan, I agree, Joe Johnson did not sign here with out there being something like, hey, you're, I, I think him signing here is an indication he's on the roster. I don't think Christian Wood is the one that's in jeopardy. I'm with you. It's Langston or Kyrie. Maybe both of them on the move. Because the fact of the matter is Kyrie Thomas did not get a lot of minutes for the Pistons last year. He got some spotty time, but nothing consistent. They could go a couple ways with this. Kyrie, we want you to play in the G League right now. We want you to get reps. We want you playing, um, you know, playing with guys that, you know, whether it's a, a Jordan Bone, whether it's V, uh, we want you playing with guys. And I could see Sekou going down and playing some G League games too this year to get game reps. But we want you getting reps. We want you playing games. We want you working on your craft in game situations. That allows you to keep Joe Johnson. And Langston Galloway has an expiring $7 million contract. And one of two things is going to happen. There's either going to be a team that loses a shooting guard or a wing and they need somebody to fill the void for a year. And they're going to say, wow, Langston Galloway shot you know near 40% from the field last year. I mean, I think it was 38 39%. And they're going to say, man, he's an expiring deal. What the heck? We'll take it on. It's off the books at the end of the year. We'll take it, you know? And... We'll eat that money. That's one avenue. Another avenue is, let's say Detroit is shopping at the market. Maybe they are shopping around Reggie Jackson. Maybe they are shopping around, you know, trying to find another wing. Maybe Tony Snell doesn't cut it at the three spot. You want to find an upgrade. Now, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but now you also have a valuable trade chip in Langston Galloway of, hey, this guy could play for you. He can contribute. He shot near 40% for us last year. We just have young talent that we're prioritizing. I don't think anyone's don't getting too him. excited about 40% shooting from the field. Listen. If it was from the three-point line, it's a different story. What was he, 36 from the three-point line, though? He was like, I think he was like 35, 36. It's really only league average now. Hey, Lee Clip. Lee Clip. Lee yeah, Clip. but some Langston, people get excited about Lee Clip. Langston some Galloway, pe- I'm just Langston Galloway is a labeled Moving shooter. On. That's a labeled shooter. Moving on. Shooting at 35.5%. Moving on. Point is, somebody that needs a wing that's proven he still can score the ball at a league average clip is something that for an expiring deal maybe you would get excited about. And if it's, it might not be thrilled. You might not be uh, the Pelicans front office when they landed the number one pick. But it might be enough to like, you know, move the meter just a little. Point is, Langston Galloway is going to have some trade value. And Kyrie Thomas, I don't think, has to be on the Pistons roster for him to still be in the fold for future plans. The other thing with Kyrie is you have Luke, you have Bruce Brown, you have Sekou. That's three young wings. You already have an odd man out from the starting rotation if those three are going to be centerpiece guys going forward. Where does that leave? Uh, where does that leave Kyrie? 
Maybe the Pistons realize that. Maybe the value needs to be put into Sekou, Bruce, and Luke. You let Kyrie develop in the G League. And if something happens, well then, you know, you have Kyrie there to come in and to grow and to step back into that spot. So I think Kyrie Thomas in the end will be the odd man out for Detroit from the final roster. I don't think it's a competition with Christian Wood because the bottom line is you don't have enough bigs, and we've talked about it. You don't have enough. But it, it, the, the, then they still have to make a roster move, though, because whether Kyrie plays in the G League or not doesn't matter. He's still a roster. He still counts against the roster. He still counts as a contract. He's signed, he's signed to an NBA contract. So that, that means they either have to trade him or they have to trade Langston Galloway. And... Uh, you know, I'm hopeful that the Pistons can get rid of Galloway. You know, I think he's a decent player, but Detroit has too many other shooting guards and too many other wings that they want and should be giving minutes to over him. And, you know, that $7 million attached to Galloway, every contract is movable in the NBA. Yep. And this $7 million contract in the grand scheme of things is not that much because, you know, Evan Turner got moved this offseason. Kent Basemore got moved this offseason. Alan Crabb got moved this offseason. So all those guys that have those, you know, 16, 17, 18 million dollar contracts can get moved. Certainly a seven million dollar expiring that does still have you know, can still play basketball, has some value. I'm not sure how much of it though. And I think if you get you, to get off it, you may still have to include a pick if you don't want to take back a player of equal money. So that's where you might have to throw in Kyrie just to get rid of Galloway. And are you okay with doing that, considering you have Luke, Bruce, and Svee as three young wings, and then you have Tony Snell and Joe Johnson as other wings on the roster? Are you okay with doing that? We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I said I think Kyrie Thomas is the odd man out in the young core of the Detroit Pistons. Now, I didn't think he'd be the odd man out for Joe Johnson. Um, That's a bit of a curveball. But at the end of the day... One of them was always going to have to go between Svee, Kyrie, Bruce, and Luke. Just the way this team, you can't just be built on shooting guards. Um, and I get Luke, they can all, I get they can all play interchangeable roles on the whole wing, so the two and the three. But one of them wasn't going to stick. Um, so if moving, getting rid of Links and Galloway requires moving Kyrie Thomas, then. It, for me, it would kind of suck because I still think there's value to Kyrie Thomas. I still think he can develop into something, but so be it. Yeah, it, so be it. It's it's a tough spot because it's tough. It's I like tough. Thomas. I, I do. I, I love Thomas. I think he can be a valuable NBA scorer. But e- even in summer league in July, he still just didn't show enough overall development. You know, his passing, his ball handling. It was all just loose, and it still looked like he was a rookie kind and of I, in that sense. And maybe it's not fair because it's just, it's a second-year guy. It's only a second-year guy. It's not like it's a fourth-year guy or anything like that. But I, I agree with you in the fact that I feel like that right there sealed his fate. 100%. It just it didn't look good. It was a guy who, from all accounts, you know, he had a good rookie summer. Like, he was like, okay, maybe there's something here with this kid. All accounts in practice all year. With the big club is oh this guy can play he just needs more a little more time you know we just want to keep integrating him but he can be a player all of a sudden to get to that level your second year you put a whole year in with the league practicing with the big boys to look that unrefined just that sealed his fate if you ask me sure seemingly he, he was definitely third in the 
in the pecking order when it came to performance level. It was Bruce and Svi and then Kyrie. Uh, and that's just out of those second-year guys. Yeah. That doesn't that, account for the other that, players on the roster. I don't think that's what anyone was expecting. It's no, no disrespect to Svee, but it was just, I think everyone was expecting Bruce and Kyrie to do their thing, and then let's get Svee all the way up to up to par with them because, you know, he was a mid-season, you know, brink guy we brought in. So let's, let's really get him up to par. But Bruce and Svee were way ahead of where Kyrie was. Yeah. And, you know, it... it, it if that's the roster construction way the Pistons want to go, then that's kind of the sacrifice they're going to have to make. I just really can't see them going into the season with Thon Maker as your only backup five. Be- and then I guess it's it's de- by de facto Markeith Morris, if Thon and Andre can't play or Thon or Andre can't play or get in foul trouble, then it kind of has to be Markeith Morris. I really don't think Detroit would play Blake Griffin at backup five minutes. I know they did it a little bit last year. But I, I really don't think they would do it again. I know last year was just a terrible situation for them at the, because of Zaza and the way he was performing. But you got to hope that's not the case again. And I, I again, I, I just think Wood is an NBA level contributor uh, from that standpoint as well. But just did not expect to be talking about Joe Johnson and the roster implications this move has had. Just didn't expect it, especially this late into the game. You know. Right. Well, no, we, we were sorry. I'll let no, you go. Go ahead, go ahead. We were dying for some news, boys. We've been talking for weeks now. Like, man, these dog days of summer for the NBA, man. We need some news. It is slow. It is slow. Boom, ISO Joe. Hey, all I'm gonna say is, early in the summer, Ryan said, like towards the end of free agency, actually, Ryan said, big move still coming for the Pistons. It has happened. There it is. ISO Joe is your big move. There it is. (laughs) Wow. Now, I think that big move's coming at the trade deadline. Kyrie, Langston, Reggie for Bradley Beal still? Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. Awesome. Joe Johnson really could help Bradley Beal take another (laughs) step. Really take that next step. So, you know, this kind of works out. One thing we wanted to incorporate, and we want to continue to do this going forward, is well, if you have questions, you have thoughts, you have ideas, you have something you want us to talk about on the podcast, you can feel free to tweet at us and let us know. You know, we'd like to hear our input from our listeners, which, man, that number has continued to go up, folks. Like, you and your, the people listening, that number is growing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. But one of the questions that came in from a gentleman named Tyler Davis he goes expectations for Kyrie Thomas in year two, and I, I don't. I hope I didn't disappoint Tyler, but I mean, I mean, hell, Ryan. I think you and I just set our expectations for Kyrie Thomas to maybe not even be on the roster going into year two. I mean, yeah, with with the addition of Joe Johnson, I like we said, I understand it technically means Christian Woods the odd man out right now, but I don't think that's going to be the case. It's Langston or Kyrie. And so, in terms of having expectations for Kyrie Thomas, if he is here, right now my expectation is he's not going to play. And the thing is, you can move Kyrie Thomas for a G League contract for a pick, and it eliminates that roster spot. Harder to do that with the money committed to Langston Galloway. You know, Kyrie might be an easy trade to get something minimal in return, but you know, maybe it's a second-round pick, and then somebody you waive or whatever opens up the roster spot, and, I mean, I think we got into that a fair amount of Kyrie's the the odd man out 
of that group. But I mean, Aaron, do you have a different expectation for yeah, Kyrie what Thomas? If, so what if Kyrie Thomas is on yeah, the roster? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the uh, avenue I was going to go down. Thanks for the question uh, tonight. So we got a second one from you as well. But uh, you know, if Kyrie's on the roster, I still wouldn't expect to see him all too much. I just when you look at the depth chart, he's towards the bottom. Um, there's Luke. There's Bruce at the two that are both ahead of him. Look at the three. There's Tony Snell. One of Svi or Joe Johnson, and, and so he's looking at being the third string shooting guard, the third string small forward. It, there's just not really much of a chance for him to play all too much, unless you know some injuries happen and the Pistons get thin on the wing, and, and that's kind of tough, uh, a, a tough thing to understand, because rightfully so, there were some some expectations for Kyrie Thomas he did look good at times and you know even when he got in in the regular season last year he just scoring wise he was scoring and after his performance in the in in the summer league not that he was bad but he was just kind of average no I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you off but you're right when you say when he would get his spot cleanup miss during this regular season he looked like he belonged like that looked like a guy okay Maybe not next year, but, I mean, right. it's coming along. Right. And then he gets in the summer league, and now those expectations are gone. Yeah. Honestly, because it was, like you said, it wasn't bad, but it just, for what it, I was expecting, it wasn't good. My honest expectations for Kyrie Thomas are, are one of two things. That he turns into a future second-round pick for Detroit, or he's on the roster but doesn't do a whole lot. I don't expect yeah. that. I just don't have high expectations for him this season, no matter what happens. Yeah, I, I I think I tend to agree. I just don't think there's going to be you know too much of an opportunity for him this year, even though I haven't lost all hope on him. I still think there's a player there. I oh, just don't know if it's sure. going to happen this year. There. Okay, so then now Dylan Edenfield sends in who is who's off the team before the season starts. And I know we've been talking about this, but let's no more pick two, everybody play grab ass. One answer. Who's off the team? Who's off the team at the start of the year? Aaron? Oh God, why, why do I always you? have to go first? Um, I don't, I don't know if a deal's going to get done, which forces me to say Christian Wood. I just don't. Uh, Langston Galloway could have been moved a very long time ago, and, and that's why I'm kind of concerned about it still happening. I, I don't know if it's going to happen because Galloway could have been traded months ago. So I'm not all in on that. I would like the situation to work out that way where Galloway's traded and Wood's able to be held on to, but just I don't know if it's going to happen. Time's really running out. Our team's going to really want to be changing up their team in the beginning of October when they're going into training camp. I'm just not sure how how much, how much often that really happens. So for now, i got to say Christian Wood. Uh, I'll go with Kyrie Thomas. He'll be easy to move. That's how I feel too. He'll be easy to move. Easiest guy to get off the roster. Langston's going to be tough to move because, yes, he can provide some shooting, um, and it's an expiring contract, but still seven million, and the Pistons aren't going to want to take anyone back. That's going to that's going to be a tough move. I want to I want to add one thing to this because I think this is now kind of getting overlooked. If Kyrie Thomas has to be moved for one season of Joe Johnson, I'm I'm pretty disappointed. Because oh, I agree. I'm I like I like Joe Johnson. You know, I, I think it's fun that he can be on the team. But if that means Kyrie Thomas is no longer on the team and you're giving up on a 21, 22-year-old kid, then I'm going to take back some of that joy because, again, I think there's some potential with Thomas. And, and, and for the for the role that Joe Johnson's going to play, I just don't 
really think that's worth it to get rid of. So if that's the case, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, down on the Johnson signing than I was, you know, with the move of him coming onto the team. The thing is, you've been a Kyrie Thomas guy from the beginning, and I do get it. To me, I look at Kyrie Thomas as he was a flyer second-round pick and had some upside. I don't want to judge a guy off of a summer league performance. But the bottom line is, I didn't see enough. I didn't, I didn't see really anything out of Kyrie this summer that made me think he was going to belong in the NBA. It's one thing to go out and miss shots. You can have a bad shooting percentage, but you could still just control the pace of play, the style of play. You could control the game while having a bad game in a situation like Summer League where Kyrie should have been up there with some of the best players playing in Summer League. So, to me, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yes, you are giving up on a young kid, but there's... Unless if you see Kyrie as a guy that could be a, a future starter in this league, there's more Kyrie Thomases out there, and there will be more Kyrie Thomases for years to come. And y- y- Maybe you'll hit on one. Maybe he'll be a rotational guy. I would hope for success. I'd hope somebody would maybe pick him up, give him a chance, even if it's a two-way deal, uh, and he could find his way throughout the league. It's not an ill will. It's just uh, I don't think he fits. And I think for the Pistons, they're looking at this. Remember, they're in that win now but don't sacrifice the future mode they've picked Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard over Kyrie Thomas which makes sense right but those two guys are above him and well you just invested a first round pick at Sekou Dumbuya you have three wings odd guy out you move on and if there's an opportunity to take a second round flyer wing in the future there'll be another guy there that doesn't concern me that much um also, I don't think Christian Wood can be moved. I don't think you can let him go. It's not a matter of even his ability. It's just positional depth. He, but he's on a non-guaranteed contract. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think you have to move Kyrie or Langston rather than get rid of Christian Wood. And I'm, and I'm just saying, if you can get rid of Langston, fine, great. But I'm just not all too keen on throwing away Kyrie Thomas for a season of Joe Johnson. That's just how I feel about it. That's why I think it's going to end up being Christian Wood. I'd be happy to be wrong, and Langston gets gets dealt, and it works out that way. And you have room for Kyrie, and you have room for Christian Wood, and you have room for Joe Johnson. I'm not holding my breath on it, though. So how about this? Pistons pride. Does Reggie Jackson have a future on the Pistons past this upcoming season? Yes or no? Aaron, you've been selected Jesus, first every again. time. <laughs> Uh, no. No, he doesn't. Um, unless Reggie Jackson has some meteoric season where he just, I don't know. He, he, he might have to win the MVP to have a future on the Pistons. Um, I just think both. Didn't you say meteoric season? Like, what does that, what does that mean? What's meteoric? Like him just blow up, like just kill it. Okay. So, okay. you know, if he does, God, then maybe. Um, but I just think both sides know at this point, the relationships is kind of stale. Um, I like Reggie Jackson. I still think he's a valuable player, but I, I don't, I don't think the Pistons should commit, you know, another $16 million per year to him. Uh, I cer- I, I certainly wouldn't do it at this point, especially with him getting to that 
You know, he's going to be 30 years, 30 years old by the time that contract hits. Um, and, you know, he's had those injury issues, and, and, and we know how Reggie Jackson's tenure has gone with the Pistons. When he's played, he's been good, and, and when he's been injured, it's just been too much of the time he's been injured. You know, we know that when Reggie Jackson plays, the Pistons are a much better team, but we also know that that, that team, you know, it has a, a limited ceiling. And that's not just on Reggie Jackson, but it's it certainly, he's certainly kind of part of that issue in that sense. So I like Reggie Jackson. I think he's a fine player, but I think just with how his, his tenure since the contract extension is gone, the Pistons have not shown that they love Reggie Jackson by any stretch of the imagination. They've shopped him. They've looked for upgrades at the point guard spot. I, I, very, I feel pretty confident in saying no. I'd like to give an opposite opinion just to, for some talking points here, but you're right, Aaron. There's no future beyond the season for Reggie Jackson. I'm not even sure there's a future beyond the trade deadline for Reggie Jackson here in Detroit. Um, like you said, he would need to have an all-star level season for him to still be here by the time next season rolls around. And I don't see that happening that's not to say Reggie's not going to have a fine season, a good start to the season, any of that, because now he's healthy. And you see when Reggie's healthy, you're right. He can play some ball, but uh, there's there's no future here for him. It's it, They're just not meshing. Front office, Reggie, the whole thing. It's just... Even Dwayne Casey and Reggie it, don't seem to mesh. I'll, I'll adjust my point to this, and this is a big one, but if the Pistons win a playoff series then there's a future for Reggie Jackson on the team. That's that's where I'll put the line at. If the Pistons win a playoff series with Reggie Jackson as their starting point guard, then he there is still a future with the team. I could see them giving him a two-year deal if that happened. Yeah, something. Do you something. think he signs a two-year deal, though? Like I, I think Reggie's got to go. In his mind, he's got to be going for one more big deal, right? I Even if it's not max money. I'm not talking max I, money. I I'm guess talking that, about four years I get, of guaranteed I, money. I can't see them giving him any more. If he had a good year and they went past the first round, I can't see him. The Pistons offering any more than two. I guess it just depends. It really does just depend on this season for Reggie Jackson because teams were wary of him last year and his real value, even though he was playing okay because of his injury history in the previous two seasons. So, you know, this year, does he solidify himself as a capable player still or does he get injured again? I think that'll that'll play a big determination in it too. And, of course, the Pistons' success as well on that front. Sure. You know, one more thing. You know, what about uh, the play of Derrick Rose, right? I mean, if Derrick Rose is playing well and Reggie's just playing okay, I still think Detroit, if they want to take a step forward, has to solidify a wing. And, you know, we Luke Kennard, we've talked about Luke throughout the summer. He needs to show something this year. He needs to take a step. But is he the, is he the wing of your team? Like, you know... Every team that's good has a top-level wing. Is Luke going to be that guy? I'm not sure he is. I think he could be a nice complimentary wing. I don't know if he's your guy. Detroit eventually is going to need to invest in somebody that can man one of the wing spots. I could see a package including Reggie Jackson help them secure at least somebody that is an upgrade over Tony Snell for that position mid-season, and if Derrick Rose is healthy and playing okay, you ride with Rose, Tim Frazier is your backup, and then, you know, Bruce has to play some point, whatever, you, you make it work. You figure it out. That's another thing I think to think about, too, with the Reggie bit. 
I don't think he's got a long-term future in Detroit unless if he does have a great season, unless if they do make a playoff run. Because Detroit has a lot of options if Reggie is to be moved. They have a lot of ways that they can go with him. One more question that came in uh, we wanted to hit on of the ones that came. Uh, again, actually, Tyler Davis. And I think this one, he asked, yeah, so are we a sleeper, or we, the Pistons? Are the Pistons a sleeper team in the East no one is talking about? I don't want to be the bad guy to end the podcast here. No, they're not. Sorry. No. Aaron, I went first that time for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, really, you had the you had the tough one. Um, no, I don't think people are sleeping on the Pistons from the standpoint of being like a contender in the Eastern Conference. I think they're being slept on from the standpoint of they can compete to to you know potentially win some games in the playoffs. I mean, they can be a you know a five six seed in the playoffs. I think you know you look at the Eastern Conference. And yes, you'll have Boston, you'll have Philadelphia, and you'd expect uh, you know Toronto to be in the mix, and Milwaukee will will be right up there competing for the top spot as well. And then you know you have those teams like Toronto and Indiana, and then there's Miami and Brooklyn, and uh, you know Detroit's just kind of well, maybe they can be a seven or eight seed again. I I just don't think that's the case. I think when you look at rosters, I think Detroit's better than Miami. I I have been very adamant about not liking the Pacers off season. What you know, they're they're without Oladipo for half the season. They're asking going to be asking Malcolm Brogdon to do, to do a lot. They lost Thaddeus Young. Uh, they lost both their starting point guards from or both their their primary point guards from last year in Derek Collison and Corey Joseph. They lost Wesley Matthews, who played a big role for them after he got bought out. Um, and, and signed with Indiana. They lost Tyreek Evans, another guy that maybe didn't have the best year, but still a guy that can score the ball a little bit here and there. They're like um, Galloway. And, and then they lost Bojan Bogdanovic, who was fantastic for them last season, was their best player without Victor Oladipo on the court. So, and again, I don't love TJ Warren. Uh, I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to be asked to do a lot. Jeremy Lamb is a fine signing, but I just think they lost a lot. So I don't love what they did. I think they're kind of right there with Detroit. Uh, and I, you know, I think Detroit's better than Miami. So I think Detroit can easily be a five or six seed uh, if they kind of get to where they can be with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, you know, with Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose, Luke Kennard. I just think there's enough there that they can compete for a five or six seed. So I'll say they're slept on from a standpoint of people are have too low of expectations for them, but they're not slept on from the standpoint of Detroit being a contender in the East because they're just not there. Once again, Aaron, I wish I could offer a contrarian opinion, but I think you hit the nail right on the head. Slept on in terms of making the playoffs? Yes, because I've seen a lot of projections without the Pistons in the playoffs. And I think that's just disrespectful. Um, For a team that upgraded in an East that stayed very much the same in terms of how the power balances out. Um, Or maybe if they make it in, they're an eighth seed barely. No, I think this is a team... That could fight for a sixth, pla- uh, sixth place or a fifth place, fifth, five, six seed. Um, but I think this is a of, team that has to fight yes. for a five, six team. But in seed, I mean. Uh, but in terms of being slept on as a contender, no, no, they're not. Um, but, you know, but we're talking big time about Boston. Uh, can Boston really be that much of a threat if Kemba can't even lead Team USA to a? to a championship, 7th place, Kemba, get out of here. I, that took all my expectations away for Boston. I'm just kidding. But I just had to get my little <laughs> dig on a Team USA right there because that's just 
pathetic and sad and terrible and, and terrible and, and terrible. Awful. Um, like, oh, but yeah, I mean, seriously, if Kemba can't lead Team USA to a victory, should have just stayed in Charlotte because he's not leading Boston anywhere. Um, but anyway, no. Back to reality. Back to the topic. They are being slept on, but they're not being slept on. Yeah, I, I think they're being overlooked in an aspect. I don't know if they're being slept on. If they're, if you, if you could draw a difference think, between yeah, the two, that's fair. I think they might be overlooked, but they're not being slept on. That's how I would give my professional answer to that question. So, despite maybe the, I don't know, a little not negativity, but maybe like a a, a downer answer to end the pod, boys. Good to have everybody back this week. Good to be back in yeah. the saddle. I mean, oh, Ryan and I were here holding down the home fort, but you know, Aaron, good to uh, I, I guess good to have you back. Hey, I like it this way. You, you, you know, the shows the show must go on. It went on last week, but I had to come in this week and I had to make sure everything went perfect. So I did. I did what I had to do, and I like it this way. Uh, okay. Had to make sure. I'm great. Great. Yeah. Glad to be here, boys. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool. This Great. is fantastic. Glad you came back to make it perfect. Yeah. You're welcome. Ryan and I had this under control. Everybody listened last week. Check out <laughs> the numbers. Check the numbers. Check the report. Uh, let, let, let's Lions let's talk about like Check the, the report. Check the report. Let's talk about like the hour of pre-production we had to f- do to figure out uh, our mic situation over here. But, I blame you. <laughs> yeah, my only fault. for it to still be a st- Skype call, so it just didn't sound great anyway. Yeah. But you know, you know Skype calls are Skype calls. It's gonna be what it is. But we still appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate everybody listening. Of course, before you go, shoot us a follow. Right at Palace Pistons on Twitter, you can shoot questions for us going forward. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Instagram at Palace Pistons. Find the Facebook page. Aaron's on Twitter at a Johnson NBA. Ryan at Ryan Pay. Myself at Media Brendan. You know the deal, right? We love the interaction. We love getting some tweets from the people in the mix. We want to do more of it. Let us know your thoughts. Give us some holler, and uh, you know maybe I'll have to drop that picture of Aaron Johnson's uh, little background, uh, ISO Joe and the throwback red piston jersey. Put that up on Twitter sometime this week. So be on the lookout for that as well. Everybody, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.